Hello, podcast listeners. You are now tuned in to The Elephant in the Room with D. Lenar. A podcast where no topic will be off limits if it involves health and wellness, the community, and every now and then a little gossip. Hello, Elephant in the Room podcast listeners. It is officially February. February is also known as the American Heart Month. With February 1st being Go Red for Women's Heart Health. Did you go red? I wore red pants, but forgot to take a photo. I was so excited that the pants were no longer squeezing my thighs. Because your girl is now down 26 pounds. Stop, stop. You're far too kind. But enough about me. Today's episode will share information on taking care of our lifeline. That's right. We're going to talk about your heart. And now for the elephant in the room. Let's jump right into these black history facts, which include Daniel Hales Williams, born in 1856, who became the first male African-American to perform open heart surgery in 1893. And Myra Adele Logan, Born 1908, became the first African-American female to perform open-heart surgery in 1943. Today's elephant in the room is, do you believe that you have the power to cure or eliminate heart disease? Or do you still believe doctors have your best interest in heart? Pun intended. Let's be clear. No, I'm not a doctor. Nothing stated on this show is medical advice. If you are having issues, please consult a medical professional ASAP. But I have been a patient with varying illnesses, and I know that changing a few things of my own after researching, Google it. Google is your friend. You know what? I feel like I need to ask Google for a sponsorship. Google If you're spying on me in the Matrix, hit your girl D. Lenar up right quick. (laughs) But back to the topic. Disease, a.k.a. mucus, a.k.a. inflammation, a.k.a. you suffer, experience pain, go to the doctor, take meds, rinse, and repeat. No cure, just more doctor visits, more doctor bills, and more meds. So where does it all begin? And where can the rinse and repeat stop? I'm fully aware that some conditions begin at birth. And in the case of heart conditions, congenital heart defects or CHDs are the most common types of birth defects. And babies born with these conditions are living longer and healthier lives. I was able to Google it and found these statistics. 
CDHs affect nearly 1% of about 40,000 births per year in the United States. About 97% of babies born with a non-critical CHD are expected to survive to one year of age. At least 15% of CDHs are associated with genetic conditions. About 20% to 30% of people with the CHD have other physical problems or development or cognitive disorders. Children with CHDs are often 50% more likely to receive special education services compared to children with birth defects. In the United States, hospital costs for the population of individuals with cardiovascular defects in 2013 was about $6.1 billion. Since that time, the cost has increased to $6.6 billion. Today, I have a special guest to help shed more light on living with a heart defect. She is Miss Jennifer Bobo Milner, a daughter, mother, wife, soror, social service worker, entrepreneur, and heart health activist in the state of Mississippi. Ms. Milner, welcome to the elephant in the room. Thank you. When it comes to health, especially in the Black community, people tend to get quiet. My personal pet peeve is the expression, oh, you're going to die from something. When I tell you that is like fingernails to the chalkboard for me. We live in a digital age that this attitude should not be the norm. We have more information at our fingertips than any generation before us. But when it comes to our health, many, not all, surrender, accept the diagnosis, and prepare for our last breath. Ms. Milner, I became aware of your journey with heart issues a few years back. And I must say you are a fighter. And thank you for being on the show today. I hope today we'll be able to help that mother or father whose child has CHD or congenital heart disease or that boy or girl fighting this issue to stay inspired and hopeful. Ms. Milner, if you don't mind, will you share with our listeners the events or situations that led to your first diagnosis? Yes, thank you so much. First, I would like to say thank you for um, shedding light on this disease that is affected by many people. Some people who have the disease and not yet are aware of it, and I just want to thank you for doing that. And I also want to thank you for asking me to share my story. No problem, no problem. Um, my, my story started... Uh, 42 years, 43 years ago. Oh, wow. And I say 43 because I'm 43 years old. When I was born, my mother uh, and father discovered that I had something going on that they didn't know what it was. Mm-hmm. They, I was changing blue. I couldn't breathe. Mm-hmm. It seemed like I was just gasping for air. And they took me from hospital to hospital and from state to state, really, trying to get someone to say, see what was wrong with their child. Okay. So finally, uh, one of my aunts said, I heard that there's a great doctor, a child doctor, in um, Amory, Mississippi. Okay. So my mom said, well, I'll take her anywhere. So one night, they headed to Amory, and sure enough, I was diagnosed with a hole in my heart. 
and the hole in my heart was so big that it couldn't close up on its own. Now, I want to pause right there and say that I've had several friends um, at the age of 30 and up who said, I went to the doctor and they said I had a hole in my heart. I was full with it and I didn't even know it. Oh, so that goes back to a lot of people not knowing about, you know, their heart health. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are born with holes in their heart, but they're smiling that eventually close up. Or as they get older, then the problem arises, and then they can address it a little better then. So, I just had a friend, which happened to be a soror, to tell me, you know, this has happened to her. So, she called me and was asking me all kinds of questions about it. So, so, so were um, you like, you were like a couple of months old? You were a year old? Yes, I was three months old. Oh, wow. Okay. When the uh, when it started happening, however, however, it was a year and about a half before someone diagnosed me with a hole in my heart. I got you. I got you. Okay. And can you imagine, like a mother and father having a child, and you can't help them, and you see them suffering, breathing, and no doctor seems to be able to give you any help or hope. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. And being that you come from a small county, a small town Mm -hmm. in Mississippi, I'm sure that the options of healthcare providers and answers were extremely limited. It was very few. That's correct. That's correct. So once I was there in the hospital, and I have a a, a sweet story about that, but once when I was in the hospital and angry, um, the the nurse took to me. They loved me, and they took <laughs> care of me. They, I probably felt sorry for me, you know, but mm-hmm. um, my mom said she couldn't even spend time with me because they were just so in love with me and couldn't believe that I was alive with this huge hole in my heart. Wow. So they, you know, sent me to Jackson, Mississippi, and that's where I had my first open-heart surgery as a baby. I was three years old. Three years I old. I, I was three years old and had my first open heart surgery. Oh, I was. Wow. Goodness. And, and so, um, of course, I don't remember any of that, but my mom and dad and my family members have stories about, you know, uh, taking care of me. Well, as I was growing up, I noticed that I, I know I have a heart disease, but I couldn't do what other kids to do. You know, my classmates were able to run and play outside. My cousins, them, were always choosing me last to <laughs> play in, in, in any outdoor game. And that's that's and gotta be so short of breath. That's gotta be just um, what is what am I trying to say? That's gotta be very. Um, very hurtful as a child, you know, being uh-huh. looked over and shunned and there's nothing that you really can do about it. You you can't right. help the situation that, you know, you were born with. Right. Right. And, and they were children too. You know, they didn't really understand it. They just knew that I was slow and wouldn't go <laughs> help them win the game. Oh, they didn't, they didn't care about that. But, you know, it was, but, um, as I grow, grew older and continued to go to my doctor's business in Jackson, uh, my doctor, and his name was Dr. Heath, came to me and said, okay, to my family rather, and said, okay, so the hole that she had was so big that when we repaired it, putting a patch over the hole, it has, it's not working. We need mm. to go in and do a repair. So, At what age uh, did you have to do the repair? Mm-hmm. What age did you have to do the repair? I was 10 years old. 
for like 10 years. Oh, I know what's going on. You know, I know yes. that my summer month is about to be sure enough on the couch watching the kids in the neighborhood and my cousins outside playing and I wanted to be out there in Kent. So mm -hmm. at 10, I can remember it. I remember being um, getting ready to go into the operation room and my father is, tears are rolling down his eyes and I, I don't know if you know my dad, but he's a big tough guy. He was a police officer and he always told me men don't cry. And then when I saw my father crying, I'm like, wait, 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 am I about to die? You know, am I, what's going mm -hmm. on? I said, daddy, you crying? He said, it's a reason to cry, but we have faith. You know, yes. and I can remember that. So that's when I know what faith was. And that that was um, going to lead to my next question. How do mm -hmm. you how do you see this condition? How has it has impacted your family, your marriage, your friendships, your your business? You're, you're an entrepreneur. So how has this condition yeah. impacted all of those different areas of your life? You know, I would like to say that it had, but that okay. would be totally a lie. Uh, it has not only affected or impacted my life, it has affected all my friends' lives, their friends' lives, um, my sorority sisters' lives, that my every organization I've lived in, because one, they're interested in knowing. Okay. You know, at first nobody talked about it, so now you see someone with the scar down her chest that she proudly wears, and, you know, you want to wow. know what, what's, well, what's going on, yeah. It. And so it makes them conscious about what they're doing, about, oh, my heart, my chest is still right. What was that? Let me call Jennifer and ask her. Let me get to the doctor because, you know, I don't, I know her story, so I don't want to go through that. Or, or my child is complaining about not being able to breathe well when they walk or, you know, when they're doing exercise stuff. Do you feel so that, do you, do you feel that everyone is, do you feel that everyone is overprotective? Like... Of me? Of you, yes. Like, you can no, barely move know. without them, no. like... I actually think I'm overprotective of them. Because, <laughs> although, you know, I have those friends who like, well, wait, let's go on. They also, as you said earlier, um, kind of, you know, like, may ignore it. You know, don't don't take it so seriously. Like, I had chest pain there, and I just laid down and went on. I said, well, what, what else happened? Well, my arms are hurt. Now, I've never had a heart attack, but I know the signs of heart attack because I educate people about it. Well, your arm is hurting? That's, that's not natural. You need to get checked out. And it could be simple as your blood pressure up, or it could be simple as you laid on the wrong. But why would you ignore when it could be something, a major organ in your body that can hit you? Mm, absolutely. We, I, I, again, yeah. we just don't take these we don't take it serious enough. I, I just, right. it's right. baffling so to me. Of, at, at the age of 10, you know, I had my second open surgery. And then I graduated, I went on, graduated from high school. I graduated from college. I had a couple episodes of when I had to be not hospitalized during that time, but had to get to the doctor because something wasn't right. And that's because I have a heart murmur. And I can feel like, like, it's so funny. Uh, I can feel like I can feel if my heart is fluttering. I can feel if I have a, a, a PBC. I can feel if something is not right. I can feel when I go into just coffee. I can feel all that. So mm. I get to the doctor. Well, when I was working, I just got my first job that I was working a job for, and my heart was not right. It, it was not right, and it continued to be right, and I felt this fluttering, 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 fluttering. And I'm like, so my boss, she was real kind, 
Mayor Hansen said, come on, we're going to go to the ER. Took me straight to the ER. They was like, they called the doctor. The only, at that time, as we talked about in Mississippi, in a small town, there was only one cardiologist in Oxford, Mississippi. And wow. he saw everyone in Oxford and surrounding counties. And so he thought he knew me, and he thought because what the textbook said, that's what I was experiencing, which he thought was disease, which is a little at rhythm in, in your heartbeat. Okay. Well, I started going to my primary care doctor, and I kept telling her, something is not right. She ignored me. So I went for something with my stomach, and I said, doctor, let me just say, my heart is just fluttering so bad. that She said, you know what? You're paying me three times this about your heart. I'm going to do an EKG on you. I'm sure there's nothing that's wrong. So I will, uh, but I just want to satisfy Put me on the EKG, and she said, look at me, she said, first of all, I'm sorry. Second of all, we're calling the ambulance. You got to get to the ER. Something is not right with your heart. And I said, really? I've been telling you that. So we get to the ER, and then they do an EKG. Something is not right with my heart. So they start to call this doctor that was here in Oxford. I said, no, please don't call him. I'll, I'll go somewhere else. I call my parents, my husband. We'll get somewhere else. And they said, we can't let you go. So what they did was call to Tupelo to another party at they party auction, who has a company here in Oxford. And he told them to have me admitted into the Tupelo Hospital. Well, when I met this doctor, this is a fun story, but when I met the doctor and told him all about my conditions and what I've gone through, he asked me who did my, my two open heart surgery. And I said, Dr. Keith. Well, that was his first cousin. Oh, wow. It, look how God works. Look at him. So, to make a long story short, er, um, <laughs> I was having what is called um, a field, a field, and a flutter. I eventually had to have a pacemaker. So you will currently have a pacemaker. To know signs, to know what goes on with the with our heart. Because if I had ignored it, because the doctor said, "Well, this is what the textbook says. This is what why it's acting like this, and you okay?" and not insisted in saying, "No, something is not right." So at what age did you end up with a pacemaker? Okay, so I, I don't know the age, but the year was 2009. So 2009, I received a Oh my goodness. I, had, I was allergic to. 
had had a skin graft, I had that done. So now I've had two pace, I mean, I've had uh, two open heart surgery, a pacemaker. Now I have to have a skin graft for my arm for the medicine for my heart so that I don't get a blood clot. So they give me this pacemaker, and my pacemaker is supposed to last anywhere from 5 to 10 years, 8 to 10, 13 years. Well, I was eating a pacemaker. I had four since this time because I'm 100% dependent on my pacemaker. If I wasn't on it, my heartbreak would be 28, and you know I could live like that. So I'm 100% dependent on this pacemaker that I had four. One of them was a defaulted one, and luckily I got sent back to the hospital in time so they could, you know, change that. So, and I know I have a long story, but uh, my last open heart surgery was nine years, it'll be nine years in June. Um, that's when I had to have valve replacement. I had to have my coloma cell replaced and my tricuspid valve uh, put a ring around it to repair it. Now it's leaking, so I may have to have another surgery to repair it or replace it. So about how often do you go to doctor visits and checkups? I would say monthly, but uh, weekly. You have to go weekly. No, I'm serious. Out of a month, I may go uh, two to three times. And sometimes I can go without that. You know, the doctors I have, I have great relationships with. So they'll set me up for me up for six months. But they say, if you have any problems, call. Normally that means, you know, just call and say, we got you. Okay. We we got you. Yeah. All right. So you you mentioned briefly about... um, eating green leafy vegetables, how important is your diet and what does your diet consist of or what have the doctors told you that you can and cannot eat since you have this condition? Well, my, all my doctors have never given me a, uh, they have never given me a strict diet. Of course, they want you to follow the American Heart Association diet. However, I am a pescatarian. This January, who has bought five years for me for only eating seafood as my meat and my uh, protein, my main source of protein. Okay. So, uh, but I am on a water-restricted diet. That means, you know, how everyone says you supposed to have eight glasses of water a day. Yes. And also includes the water that comes from your food. I can't do that. It will overload my heart and put me into just a heart failure. Because this heart failure is one of the boogies for me. Um, if that's what keeps me in and out of the hospital, a lot of people will say, you, I just saw you, you were looking good. And then you had so much weight on you. I was like, it's not weight, it's fluid. And so I can feel, like I told you earlier, I can feel when I'm going into this heart failure. I try to double up my medicine um, that my doctor has agreed that was good for me to do if I felt that way, stay out of it. But sometimes it kind of get out of hand and I have to go to the hospital and have an IV, IV uh, done so that, you know, it gets the fluid off of Okay. Um, what are some other health-related conditions that people don't really discuss too much? I know we started off with congenital heart failure uh, or heart disease, but what are some other heart-related issues that people may not know anything about? You know, the number one that everyone is aware of, but sometimes things that it can happen to them is heart attack, you know, going into um, cardiac arrest. Okay. And that is 
told that's the build up of plaque in your uh, arteries, and you know it can you can have one. You you hear people saying, um, "I went in and I had triple bypass, or I had uh, double bypass surgery," and it's because they had to go in because they had a blockage somewhere that was more than fifty percent, and the doctor had to go in and put a stent to open it up so that your heart can, the blood can flow, you know, well throughout the body. Mm-hmm. So, a fourth heart attack is one, but I uh, am, am a different story again. I did not have, I have never had a heart attack. I mean, excuse me, I've never had a heart attack. I've had valve and heart issues, heart defects. Okay. And I, I, I'm kind of, I want to say something, okay. uh, and it doesn't take away from anyone, but People who have had heart attacks, they don't have open heart surgery. They have open chest surgery. The surgeon works around the heart. Myself and people who have um, heart defects as the upper chamber or the lower chamber is not working right or the valves are not working right, that is when you have open heart surgery. Oh, thank you for breaking that down. Because I always thought I, I come from a family with uh, heart disease and heart issues. Uh, I lost a very important family member that was getting ready to go into um, uh, an open heart surgery back in the 90s. And um, he coded on the way to surgery. And um, I always thought that once they went in, you were having open heart surgery. I never knew that they worked around the area mm-hmm. and it's considered mm-hmm. open chest. That, that, wow. Yeah. You're yeah. shedding some yeah. light for let me. Let me say something to that too. Okay. The pain is still the same. <laughs> yes. And he, yeah, he, he would talk about that pain and yeah. he really, really did not want to have the surgery again. And I think that's what just it, he was scared and yeah, um, sure. and coded. So mm-hmm. yeah, thank you for so, um so, for explaining uh, so that. that. You know, yeah. So I had valve replacement, maybe the aortic valve, like I said, my pulmonary, my pulmonary valve, and the tricuspid valve, and the, uh, you know, there's different valves that that can have a defect too. I have an enlarged heart, and I already told you that I have. A-field and A-flutter, mm-hmm. um, which required a pacemaker. Sometimes they can go in and do ablation and, and get the electrolyte to flow right, electric light to flow correctly and don't prevent you from getting a pacemaker. But my, like, I'm 100% dependent, so I have this one. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not have a, the, um, I have a pacemaker and not a defibrillator. A defibrillator will shock your heart back. I, I don't need that. Okay. So, um, I also have congestion of heart failure. Um, as I said earlier, that's my booger bear. That's when you have your heart is not properly pumping correctly to get fluid and blood out. So it sits around your heart and causes causes you to have shortness of breath, build up in fluid, uh, swelling in your legs, stomach, face, hands, and people have died from that because they don't have enough oxygen or enough airway. And they die from it. Oh, uh, I also have what is called constrictive peritonitis. 
Okay. And that really comes from having so many open heart surgeries. surgeries. Okay. Um, it's from the scar tissue. But what happened is the sac, the, the pathogens back around the heart uh, that protects the heart. Mm -hmm. But because I have fluid drainage and fluid, you know, mine had stuck to my heart. And I had, I've had three open heart surgeries, but I've had a heart surgery that they had to go through my uh, leg to, get to, to try to make that work. You know, well, not my leg, I'm sorry, through my chest, uh, but for my pacemaker is and across my breast to try to peel some of that, uh, the bag off my heart because it was restricting it. Like, it had no room to pump. You are. And that was two years ago. And that was okay. You know what? I almost, I told my mom that I almost would have rather had the open heart surgery than that. that I'm still suffering from It sounds so painful. You are a absolute miracle of God. Yes. The average Thank person, you. I do not believe, I can barely stub my toe without about to fall out. <laughs> there is no way. I, I just, I, I am completely in awe. Again, I, I, I learned about your heart condition a couple of years ago, um, connected with you on Facebook. I did not know the extent of all of this. Um, I see your campaigns um, as part of your business with your T-shirts and everything and did not have no clue what all your your journey has entailed this you are a, a miracle of god like that refreshed that is awesome I, I like that expression i'm gonna use that you, I, I look refreshed all right that is amazing why do you think people don't um they don't take heart disease seriously or they don't think that it'll happen to them or someone that they love you know i think we live in a society when if it affects someone else and we see it, then we have passion for it for a microwave second. Mm. But if we, if it, if it doesn't affect us or if it doesn't happen to our children or our mother or ourselves, we know it's out there, but it's not necessarily going to happen to us. Because we, you know, I, I, I just met a young lady who's on Facebook as well who had uh, a heart, she had a heart attack. And she was running. She was healthy. She was getting ready to participate in a marathon. And she had started feeling this crush and feeling her chest. And she ignored it when it happened, broke out of the sweat and everything. But then the pain continued to happen. And she told her mama, you know, I better go to the hospital. And they told her when she was gone for that, she had a heart attack. And she had to go in and have open, open heart surgery to correct it. Well, I think that's when we realized you know, oh, this could happen to me, but if I feel good, I'm not going to the doctor for who? 
She's right. Like, we only get one life. And this is what I tell my husband all the time. You know, I got a life, you have a life. You're in control of your life. So I can help you and cheer you on, but you gotta be the one to make those decisions. Absolutely. So we only get one life and we have to treat that life like like it is. We can't get another one. So, do you do you think because of the health care costs that people just shy away? I know I grew up. If you were not one foot in the grave, just popping up at the doctor's office because of a sore throat, a runny nose, a fever, uh, that was a no no. We we gonna get you something over the counter, and you gonna sit down. You gonna sit down and lay down. <laughs> Get you some rest. Get you some rest. Yes. Well, I think there's a lot of that. I think not being educated uh, enough. And, and, and it's nothing on the person, but again, if it hasn't really just been in your immediate family, you really don't think about it. You know, mm-hmm. um, I think it's uh, finances, you know, with insurance sometimes, and people don't have insurance, and it goes on, and it'd be too late. And you're like, why you didn't go to the doctor? I think it may be that people are afraid to hear that they have a problem and thinking that's going to be the end of their world. That's why I feel so passionate and my mission is to let people know that it's okay if you're diagnosed with something and if it's, your, if it's not your time, you're not going anywhere. But okay. if it's your time, there's nothing anyone can do about it. Wow. That is awesome. Could you please share some organizations, events, or fundraisers that may be coming up that can help those that are dealing with the um, these conditions, uh, congenital heart failure, uh, or, or disease, or uh, have had heart attacks, or heart health? Um, do you have any information that we can provide our listeners to help them or yes. their families? Yes. Um, as I told you, I am uh, newly elected president for Mendon Heart, our Oxford uh, chapter here, and Mendon Heart is a national organization, and it's a support group for individuals and their families or caregivers who have been affected by heart disease. Okay. So, if there's not a local chapter in your county, but I'm sure there's one somewhere here, and what we do is support those who may be going into the journey. Those who have depression, because heart disease, you ask about some of the things that do. Depression is one of the things that comes along. Okay. I, I suffer from depression, heart disease, because I have two teenage girls. I want to see their great, I want to see my great grandchildren, you know. Gotcha. But I know that with this heart disease, sometimes it gets you down. But, you know, and that's what this group is for. It's for that uh, help know people along the way. And I said, sometimes, like I said, we get depressed and we need some, some comfort and know it's going to be all right. Absolutely. In our local group, we go into the hospital and have visitation for those who are about to have uh, surgery or those who have had surgery and just let them know, you know, that we're there to support them. So the name of the group um, is Mending Heart? Mended Heart. Mended Heart. And uh-huh. what's the... And we also have a little Mended Heart group. I'm a dove as a child. For children to What's the website or phone number for the organization? Um, the website is mendedheart.com. Mendedheart.com. Okay. And you can receive the phone number there on the thing. Um, our local chapter, we don't have an office, but 
you know, we have we put it in the newspaper and that's how people contact us. Okay, great. Miss Milner, again, thank you so much for being on the show. I will keep you, you in my prayers. Uh, and I want you to continue to fight and shed light on health issues and carry out your passion and your purpose and your destiny and your reason that God has you here on this earth. You are truly a miracle and I wish you nothing but continued health and prosperity in many, many more years to come. Yes, so welcome. And you said that that's two two. That's T U T U chronic. Apostrophe S. Okay, that's two two apostrophe S chronic. Yes. Okay. From my heart to yours. From my heart to yours. All right, Miss Milner. Thank you again, and you have a great rest of your day. You too. Thank you. As I mentioned earlier in the podcast, so where does it all begin and where can the rinse and repeat stop? In my opinion, your mouth. The foods you eat and beverages you drink are the driving force of the disease, aka mucus, aka inflammation produced in the body. Change what you eat and watch your life change, including clogged arteries, cholesterol, high blood pressure, and cancer. Diets comprise mainly of bread, meat, eggs, dairy, and processed sugar will continue to lead to health issues. Diets based on seeded fruits and veggies will lead to health miracles. Okay, so for those of you that will only listen to God or a pastor, read Genesis 1, Verse 29. After that, it's all your free will if you continue to consume food made from anything other than what's listed. I'm not asking you to quit cold turkey, but I am asking you to cut one disease producing food from your diet for one week. If you have no adverse reaction, go two weeks, then three. If after three weeks, you notice a change, eliminate another disease producing food I listed. Oh, and don't forget to clean your colon. Details on how to do that are listed in episode one of my podcast. Go check it out. That's my time. And I wish you peace, love, and the tools to heal thyself in 2019.
And that has been today's Elephant in the Room.